party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Kiva Fecto for a game of A Cool and Lonely Courage by Alex White. A Cool and Lonely Courage tells the stories of the women of the Special Operations Executive in World War II. A group of ordinary women trained as spies and dispatched on covert missions in Nazi-occupied France in World War II. These women accomplished amazing things, overcame unbelievable adversity and obstacles, and were largely, unfortunately, captured by Nazis, and their contributions were not widely known until the world until very recently when their dossiers were declassified. In A Cool and Lonely Courage, we will tell the stories of these women, what they accomplished, what they endured, and who told their stories, whether it was them or someone near them after the war. A Cool and Lonely Courage goes live on Kickstarter on May 7th, Uh, Be sure to check that out. There will be a link in the show notes as soon as that Kickstarter goes live. In the meantime, follow the game's creator, Alex White, on Twitter at NAlexWhite for more information. You can find links to all of that cool stuff in the show notes. Kiva is the owner of Gold Dragon Games and the board game director of the Big Frederick Gaming Convention, both of which you can find links to in the show notes below. Lastly, before we dive in, I do want to take a brief moment and tell you about a project that's really important to me and close to my heart that I think you should check out. That is the Babel on Equity Project. The BOEP is a crowdfunding campaign that is currently live, focused on bringing people of color to Big Bad Con in California. It is a tangible, actionable campaign focused on increasing representation at conventions and making tabletop a more inclusive place, which I think is, if you know the show at all, you know is really important to me. So I think this is a project that is good and important that you should check out. You can find more information about the BOEP, the Babylon Equity Project, in the show notes. With all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I'm sitting down with Kiva Fecto. Kiva, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. It sounds like it's going to be a huge blast. I'm happy to be here. I'm super excited to have you on the show. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So real quick, before we dive in, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about any projects you've got going on, games you'd like them to know about, that sort of thing. Ah, well, I'm working on a number of games, as is almost always the case. Uh, I have one. I know that feel. Very small one published, but it's not available, so I'm not even going to bother talking about that. The other biggest event in my life lately in gaming is that I, uh, for this past year, I was director of board games for a fairly new convention in Frederick, Maryland called Big Frederick Gaming Convention, and so that's been pretty exciting. That's awesome. That sounds like a that sounds so. So is the is the con coming up or has it just passed? It just passed. It it took place in March. Uh, okay. We just had its second year, and it went from 450 people its first year to over a thousand the second year. That's I mean that's pretty good growth. How did how did the second year go? Was it better than the first year? I wasn't able to go the first year because even though it's 15 miles from my house, and I was really excited about a local convention, it was the same weekend as Unpub that I was already scheduled to mm. be at. So I did some back end support, but this year the the two did not conflict. And I was able to be there, and uh, there were so many people coming up to me and saying, this is really a fun convention. We really had a great time. I'm going to bring more family and friends next year. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. That's fantastic. Um, oh, that's so good. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm glad I'm glad that it went well, and I'm glad that you get to kind of enjoy that sort of post-convention, post-like-a-project-went-well space. <laughs> yes, and no more spreadsheets in my future for at least a little oh, while. Good. Good. If you could, I, well, I say good as if I don't live every moment of my life looking at a spreadsheet, as I, if I don't think yeah. the words, 
I don't think the words, oh man, I get to make a spreadsheet today, doesn't like fill my heart with a particular <laughs> kind of glee. I, I enjoy spreadsheets. I was just doing a heck of a lot of it for a while. Oh, sure. I can I can imagine the sort of admin work spreadsheets that go into planning like the like the board game section of a convention cannot be like easy. No, so arranging games, arranging people and all kinds of tournaments, all kinds of other stuff. But it all went off just about without hitch. So that, that was fantastic. I think that's about the best. That's about the best thing you can kind of hope for is that it goes off like smoothly. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, so this week we are playing a cool and lonely courage. The women of the SOE by Alex White. It is a game about the women of the special operations executive during World War II. Uh, this game is sort of the triumphs and tribulations of this group of special agents in World War II, a British World War II organization formed in July of 1940, conducting, uh, conducting sabotage, espionage, and reconnaissance in occupied Europe against the Axis powers. Trained as spies and commandos, they were uh, women out on the front line doing top secret operations that were only sort of recently declassified and sort of revealed the scope of their operations to sort of the world at large. Many of which were, were captured and were, you know, held as prisoners. And now we're going to kind of share some of their stories. As we play, the, as we play I'm going to call out from the rulebook some of the, the real life stories of the women of the SOE. And we're going to sort of play out two of their stories. We're each going to play one of the women of the SOE. We're going to tell sort of their triumph, how they were captured, and what happened to them sort of as they were captured, and then what happened to them, or at least the people telling their story afterwards. So, all that said, obviously this is going to be a fairly heavy game, especially because at the start of the game we are both sort of in... Nazi captivity in World War II. This is going there's going to be some heavy some heavy content, some heavy themes. So let's talk about safety up front. Safety is very important. It's going to be the kind of thing that really makes us comfortable, makes the listeners comfortable. It is the key to the engine of the fun game that we're going to play. First, um as always, uh we on Party of One use a system called Cut and Break. If you, need a, if you need to slow things down, if things are getting a little intense, uh, just say the word break, and we will uh, transition to a new scene or move to a different subject. Something to sort of take a little bit of that pressure off. We don't need to break the scene. We don't need to stop the scene. It'll just kind of ease our way into a new area. Secondly, if we need to hard stop for any reason, whether that is we've hit something that makes one of us uncomfortable or we just need to like, you know, go answer the door or something, we can always say cut in the middle of a scene. We will stop. We will we can talk it out. We don't have to. And we will sort of pause, hard stop, regroup and, you know, pick back up again afterwards. Make sense? Yes, it does. Fantastic. Uh, this game also, we are also using lines and veils, lines being things that are hard off limits, will not come up in play under any circumstances, veils being things that are, you can talk about them, they can come up, but we sort of keep a respectable distance. For me, the, my lines are the easy, the easy ones being anything racist, sexist, homophobic, etc., and none of that stuff will come up to the best of my ability. Um, and specifically outside of that, uh, I have veils on anything sort of eye related injury. And for the purposes of this game, um, 
torture and I guess I'd call it like authoritarian violence is something that I prefer to approach sort of with at like arm's length because it gets it makes it 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 squicks me. So I, I'd rather approach that from, from arm's length, you know, from a respectful distance, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Sure it does. Uh, do you have any lines or veils you'd like to add to that? No, I think that's pretty good for me, too. Okay, perfect. Um, then with that said, um, now that we know our safety stuff, we will dive into the game proper. So the first thing we need to do to play this game is we need characters. So we will go through character creation. Uh, the whole game is played with a deck of cards. Um, if you have one in front of you, great. If not, I can draw cards and sort of uh, read them off to you. I do have one. Fantastic. Uh, so the first thing we're going to do, let me find the character creation section. So we have a checklist of questions that we are going to answer to create uh, our SOE agents. Firstly, the women chosen for this special operations executive had to be completely fluent in French. So the first question that we are going to ask uh, one another, we're going to answer for each other, is why does your character speak French? You know, you are a, you are a, a woman living in England in 1940. You speak fluent French. Why is that? Ah, well, I had come to England to study music and theater, and one of my instructors was French. And after my studies, we kept seeing each other and eventually oh, married. So, oh, lovely. We've, we've tried to speak French at home as much as possible. I love that. Uh, what, what instrument did you play? Or instruments, I should say. I was mostly a voice. I was, I was interested voice. in musical theater and, and voice. And I figured that because of a, a lot of works in, in the musical genre, especially in voice, are in German or Italian or French, that I should study those languages a little bit as well. So are, are you fluent in all, all of those languages or just in French with sort of dabbling in German and Italian? Just in French because of my husband, because we Makes try sense. to have conversational uh, time with this. The others, it was mostly learning some of the technical language and, and learning the uh, operatic language is not something that you would necessarily speak on the streets. So that I understand sense. how to pronounce things and how to say things, but I wouldn't necessarily be able to speak well to someone else. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I think I speak French. I, I I kind of like. I speak French because my family speaks French because we are French immigrants into England. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, you know, they moved they 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 moved from France from like a farming community to France to like the big city of London, and they are they've they they kept up the language at home because it was the language they were comfortable with, but they sort of wanted to get out of that sort of rural, you know, farmland community. They wanted a change. They came to to London. It was the most jarring change they could make. But they kept that piece of their their upbringing. So I I spoke French as a child, you know, you know, and that was kind of mm-hmm. a link to my to my my heritage and generations past. Very nice. So, um, we've kind of hit a little bit about um, our nationality and name. You know, the women who fought in the SOE came from a wide range of backgrounds. We're going to pick a nationality, your normal name, uh, and your background before joining the SOE. All right, so my nationality before joining the SOE was American. I actually grew up in the Baltimore area, but I wanted to study not in the United States. Uh, I, I wanted to study in France, actually, but with the war picking up, it didn't seem safe to study there or Italy, so I landed in England and studied at Cambridge. 
My name is uh, Annette Paget, uh, née Baxter. So it was Annette Baxter as I lived in the U.S. And then after uh-huh. I married, of course, it was Annette Paget. Uh, my name is, I'm going to go uh, Adele. And I'm going to go Adele. I'm going to look up a French saint real quick, just so I can give a good, a good. Adele Saint Adderald is a good, it's a good, it's a good name. I like that. So my name is uh, Adele Saint Adderald. Uh, Adele is, like I said, French. Uh, I'd say first generation of English immigrant hailing from like a small farming community of France. So my nationality, I would say, is British. My parents would say they were French, but they they came here to sort of raise me, you know, under under a new environment. So like I am English, but I have a French, a strong French background. Mm hmm. Um, and so, what is so, so, and I think my background, I think like the background that I have, you know, women from all backgrounds were chosen to work for the SOE. I think that my background is, I think as I grew up in the city, I think I'm trying to decide what I would like my kind of, what I, what I think I grew up to be. I kind of like being a clerk. I like, I like that I, I got a job in an office or in like a factory in the sort of the front office of a factory. And that, like, it is, you know, I, I've just, I, I'm very good at administrative tasks, I think. Always a use for that. Yeah, I, I, I grew up around, like, offices and, you know, my parents wanted, wanted the big city experience and they gave me the biggest city experience <laughs> I could get. And in turn, like, I just ended up in a very big city profession working, you know, working the mail for, like, a large sort of industrial factory. So, why did you join the Special Operations Executive? Ah, uh, well, my husband, coming from France himself, felt very strongly when the war started hitting France, of course, and he didn't feel he could go back to his country to fight, but joined the Royal Navy. And I fully supported him in that, of course. But along the way, a year or so ago, I heard that his ship was lost at sea. Now, mm. I, I know I could hold out hope that he was still alive, but uh, I'm not, not sure that's practical, considering you know, we have a war going on, and we each need to mm-hmm. do the most that we can for this war. So just holding out hope isn't really an option right now. I feel like to honor his memory, I need to do the most that I can. I think that's largely the same reason that I joined. I think it was, you know, I have France's a home away from home for me. And I, mm. I, I needed to do what I could to make it right. And, you know, I, I'm not I'm not really equipped for a lot of things, but I'm damn good at handling the mail and at filing things and... So I I signed up for, I tried to sign up sort of in an administrative role and sort of ended up here, Hmm. sort of ended up, they they, they said they found a better use for me than just like handing soldiers letter. They said they found a better use for somebody with my kind of skill set. And so I've kind of been placed here. I think, I think I, I think I joined up with a hope of doing something and they just sort of put me into this operation Without almost fully kind of conveying to me what I was going to be up to. So you will obviously be doing more than just something. A little bit. So, 
Uh, we've been accepted for training. We were sent to a remote country estate in Scotland where we were given commando training, escape and evasion, how to kill with guns, knives, or bare hands, how to derail trains and blow up bridges. Um, we received full... Uh, and then, we then after we received our full training, we were sent to the spy finishing school at Bolo uh, for wireless training, encoding transmissions using poem codes, how to resist interrogation, how to break into buildings, and live as a spy. So my question for you... Um, how, what did you discover that you were great at during training? Well, having been in musical theater and played many parts, I found I was very good at disguising myself, um, acting as different parts, right? So not being myself, putting on myself, whatever characteristics I needed to get through a situation. I found that I was very cool under pressure, even when I was, like, holding a gun or, like, swinging a knife. They're just, it felt, you know, they they handed me a gun and told me to shoot a target, and it felt stressful at a moment until I kind of closed my eyes and thought, well, this is the job, this is what has to happen for the job to get done. And, and sort of having those mantras, a lot of the stuff that working in a stressful office kind of gives you those mantras of like <laughs> i just have to get this task done these are the things that have to happen i found they were weirdly helpful on the field and so it ended up giving me a lot of like cool under pressure experience where i didn't necessarily get that the the hairs on the back of my neck didn't necessarily rise when i had, I had to pull a gun out of a side holster i just said you know i could close my eyes and think this has this is the job this is what happens, and here's how the job is accomplished. That's a very practical way to approach it. Yeah. Uh, on, the, on the other hand, what weakness was exposed that nearly kept you out of the SOE? Oh, I have massive trust issues when it comes to something like this. As, as an actress, right, when I go into character, I expect that everybody else around me is also in character and not really mm. who they seem to be. And, and I found a little trouble with that when I was actually going through... That the training was trusting that these were actually my compatriots when they were acting other parts. Love that. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I definitely write down too much. I think mm -hmm. that, that being, being an admin, being an office director, and being an office manager, uh, I'm definitely the kind of person to, like, make notes on things mm -hmm. and, like, correct mistakes, like, without even thinking about it. I'm like... No, that address is wrong, and so I will. I will regularly leave notes and leave that little touch of evidence that constantly got me called out as like this is going to be what gets you what gets you taken in. And I can't quite help it because there's just that part of me that has to make sure every all of my T's are crossed and my I's dotted. Mm -hmm. So the last stage of our training was we were either specialized as wireless operators responsible for communications with home or training as a courier who could travel safely in the daytime. Um, most of the people sent into France as, as wireless transmitters only had a life expectancy of six weeks. Um, you will still be doing all kinds of reconnaissance, espionage, and sabotage as well, but which training did your focus... Uh, which direction did your training focus on? Wireless transmission or as a courier? I don't really have a lot of experience in, in technology or sitting in a position... My, mine is much more interacting with people, so I went the courier route. I think that, yeah, I think I did the same. I think that, you know, my specialty, you know, I know my way around 
documents. I know my way around documentation. So I think I think having us both as couriers feels like the right option. Mm-hmm. So our French, our training is com- our training complete. We flew out on a Moon Squadron aircraft, dropped into France in the dead of night. Uh, the flight was cold, dark, and noisy. The pilot is very friendly, although he only knows us by our code name. He's made many drops and encouraged us with his confidence in us. You'll be great, he said, using your code name. Your code name is a French forename. This is the only way you'll be known in France. What is it? There was some story that I heard when I was in school about some spunky young girl that I, I really enjoy. I don't remember the story, but her name was Lisette. So mm. I am going to be Lisette. I am going to go with uh, mine is Francois. They know me as, as Francois. So we are now ready to play out our lives in German-occupied France. There are soldiers everywhere. They eat and, the officers eat and drink at the best places. The soldiers drink in the bars and cafes. Um, people are stop, often stopped for papers. The Gestapo seem to be everywhere. Um, people are afraid. Some others are collaborators. Some are angry with the allies, and some will aid the resistance in whatever way they can, but they all look the same to us. Now we are going to play out five chapters. There are kind of two ways that chapters can play out. One, um, either either way, a chapter will begin with each of us flipping a card uh, from the top card of our deck of cards. Uh, each suit, the suit of the card will indicate what uh, unfolds. Hearts are scenes of love that could be love lost, love found, love remembered, or loved hoped for. Diamonds are success for the resistance. It could be a personal success, a success in the mission, or helping someone else to be successful. Clubs are misfortune, a mistake or setback for the resistance. It might be made by you. It might be made by someone you are working with. It might be a mistake uh, by your handlers back in Britain, of which, sadly, there were many. Um, or spades are death. These are This is someone you know dying. It could be a family member. It could be... An SOE agent, it could be the French resistance, it could be, you know, it, it someone has died. So we're going to flip a card, uh, note the suit, and then we can either play out a brief scene with the two of us, introducing new background characters, side characters, etc. Or we can give a brief narration of how the scene unfolds, if you have a clear idea. And in that case, we can both throw out ideas and sort of help shape kind of that narration. It really just depends on what your preference is in terms of play. Um, Our first scene is Arrival. A slice of life and relationships, getting to know the people in our circuit, members of the SOE, some of whom we may know from recruitment or training, full-time members of the resistance, and ordinary people risking their lives to help and support our work. So, uh, would you like to go first or shall I? I will go first, I suppose. My first card is a diamond. All right, diamond. Success for the resistance. Um, would you like to play out a scene or narrate or narrate uh, what is unfolding? Uh, I think for now I will narrate. Okay. So I was introduced to the members of my circuit and we seem to get along very well. That uh, There is one other person from our training there, Claudia, so I went in knowing somebody already, which gave me a feeling of some comfort at least. We have a place to stay, which is fantastic. It's um, There's a cave that our, our group uses as its semi-headquarters, I suppose. 
And so I am firmly ensconced in this group and looking forward to seeing where we go from here. Uh, wonderful. Uh, I've also drawn a diamond, so uh, a success for the resistance. I think in this case, um, our our circuit is sort of our circuit is uh, a well-oiled machine, and I think like I fit very neatly into that. I think our kind of specialty is um, intercepting and moving covert messages through. Uh, mail rooms like that's sort of the the specialty of the circuit that I've been deployed to and that feels like a real natural fit for me right and it, and you know seeing hearing this and and knowing that I'm surrounded by people whose specialty it is to do that and to work in those environments I can very quickly pick up on like what's expected and how how what the best approaches are for handling yourself in that sort of environment. Ironically, the best approach is to just act like you belonged and to <laughs> simply present yourself as if there's no reason for you not to be there. And that's, that's the lesson that I very quickly pick up on is appropriately enough. If you treat it like it's your job, people will act as if it is your job. Now, before we transition to our next scene, I'm, I'm going to read. A, I'm going to read some segments from the book in between scenes, uh, as there are some wonderful real life examples of the women of the SOE. Uh, looking at diamonds, we have uh, Andre Borel was taken to a safe house, and the next day wandered through town, looking at soldiers in crowded trains, picking up tips about identity cards and the use of ration tickets. Next up, we have our mission. Uh, there are many kinds of missions: sabotage, reconnaissance, assassination, courier, wireless transmitting. The Nazis will be brutal in retaliation against both the resistance and they, uh, the local population that they will happily blame for problems. So, being stopped and having your forged papers check was always a risk. Finding somewhere safe for wireless transmission is always a risk. So, this is on the field. This is, this is how things are going on the mission. Before either of us dives in, let's take a look. Let's look at a real world, a real life example. I'm going to flip a card and draw diamonds. Pearl Witherington took responsibility for the uh, Wrestler Maquis network after the leader was captured, and she was able to turn 4,000 men into a highly effective guerrilla force that harassed and pinned down Nazi forces many times their number. Some men wanted to arrange things with military ranks, but she stood her ground and maintained her leadership and the respect of the Maquis. So would you like to play out your scene first, or shall I? Oh, why don't you go first this time? I will. I will. Let's do it. I'm going to flip. Ooh, a heart. Love. Um, I think I will, I think I'd like to maybe play out a scene with both of our characters. I think that like being that we're both couriers, we probably both know each other. And I feel like it's a, it's a neat way. It's a natural way for us to kind of have interactions with our characters if we kind of know each other. Sure. And I'd love to have, uh, I'd love to have a brief scene where, Maybe we are briefly deployed on the same assignment, right? Okay. And we are briefly kind of, uh, you know, whatever operations you're running, you have free reign to sort of dictate that in your scene. But I think briefly we kind of cross paths in one of these uh, Nazi kind of mailroom situations. The, the things that I'm sort of 
the mission that I'm running is basically getting mail lost. Like, you know, causing friction for the military machine by virtue of handing the wrong letter to the wrong person. <laughs> Sounds great. So we briefly cross paths. Uh, I am handing off mail and, you know, you are, I think at this moment, handing off like a covert message. And I briefly kind of hand you uh, a report without realizing that it is a report uh, on the status of the ship that your husband had, like, that your that your husband was on when it went oh, wow. AWOL. So, think you can uh, think you can make this disappear? I don't know. Let me see what it is. It seems to be a, a, well, a naval report of some sort. Attack it. Yeah. Some coordinates here. Oh, wow. Um, the name of that ship, the, the, the Stardust, that, that was my husband's ship. Oh. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. This, uh, wow. This report is glorifying and having sunk that ship amongst others. So the reports I got of him being lost at sea are, are true. Yes, I can definitely make this disappear. I... I do not want his name given to Germans to to shout out their glorific, glorified actions. No, this is going to disappear. If Good. I have to eat it well, myself, it will be gone. <laughs> uh, I don't think we'll need anything that severe, but I'm, I'm sorry that you had to get confirmation this way, but at least... Between the two of us, we can make it that his memory will be on our terms and not theirs. Yes, yes, that is that is, that is very important for me at this moment. Thank you so much, Adele, for inadvertently handing me this to deal with, of all things. It... I, I can't say I'm unhappy with the decision, all things considered, but... We make it disappear, we, we, we end it on our terms, and if they still think those ships are deployed at sea for a few more days, then maybe that buys some time for supply runners out of the docks to get their supplies to safe harbor. That, that is true. Um, I, I'm looking for ways to sabotage their efforts, and this, this seems like a grand way to do that. Good. I'm proud of us. You know, I I am too. Good, good. Then, well, I suppose until we cross paths again, my friend. Yes, we, remember we what shouldn't they, be Remember seen... what they taught you at Bolo? Yes, definitely. And we shouldn't be seen talking together too much. So I, I will be on my way. Head on a, head on a swivel. <laughs> yes. Mail call. Mail call. And I think that's scene. That is scene. I I like I like our two. I like our two characters. I'm very <laughs> I'm enjoying I'm I'm liking them a lot. Very cool. So so young and full of promise. Uh yes, yes. Well, have to be, right? To be able to volunteer right. for this and think something good can come of it. Of course. So why don't you draw your card and decide if you'd like to play out a scene or narrate? Oh, my next card is spades. Death. 
Death indeed. Hmm. Well, the death of my husband has just been confirmed. That was the last scene. So Mm -hmm. in this scene... All right. So we have a protocol for making such reports disappear. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a a variety of handoffs I have to go through to hand it to one person who will then give it to someone else to, to essentially make sure that it gets lost. I am looking for the next person that I'm supposed to hand this to and, and having difficulty finding that person. So I'm going on to the next person, which I, I'm hoping you can play, who can of maybe help me find the courier that I'm supposed to be handing this off to. Uh, so I essentially, I think, head back to not exactly headquarters. We have a secondary rendezvous point. So I, mm-hmm. I head there knowing that I will find somebody there I can I can talk to since I haven't been able to find the the person named Jeanet that I'm supposed to be handing this to to find out was she delayed or or what's happened perfect so. uh, and I I will be playing uh yeah like a rendezvous I think our secondary rendezvous point is like the basement of a small coffee shop or like sort of the basement pantry so you have to like go around the corner from a coffee shop down the street a little bit. And it's sort of where the sort of ragtag numbers of your circuit are kind of hanging out. And when you walk in, it is a rough scene. Everyone is kind of covered in soot and people are panting and like dabbing their foreheads. And uh, Captain uh, Captain Ronald Ludo uh, is sort of the... Uh, head of this circuit and is just sitting there, you know, hands on his knees, sitting on a like a bag of coffee beans, just like shaking his head and kind of muttering to himself. I don't. Why? I don't, What's I happened? Don't. I. There was a complications on mission. Um, aren't you supposed to be deployed? I, I am. I was looking for my contact to hand something off to her and. She wasn't where we were to have met. Who was... That was... Well, I mean, I have an idea, but who was your contact? My, my contact was Jeunet. Jeunet, yep. That checks out. That tracks. Oh, oh no. What, what What's happened? <sighs> uh, paper check went, went south, and there was a firefight, oh. and... There's a reason that the circuit is meeting at the secondary rendezvous point and not the primary rendezvous point. Uh, has, things went hot very quickly. Jeanette didn't make it out. Has our basement discovered then? Primary rendezvous point was compromised. Ah, uh, okay. Secondary one seems to be... Hold. Mm. Seems quiet so far, so I think we're good, but... It looks like we'll be working out of the basement for the next remainder of our mission, I guess. I don't know if we're going to be able to set up another point before we ship out. Uh, that, that's going to be tricky, since I, I know that many of the, the German soldiers tend to hang out in the cafe upstairs. Well, how's your German? Uh, if, if you want me to sing opera, it's fine. If you want me to speak with Germans, uh, not so good. Well, guess there's no time to learn like the present, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I've always been good at learning. <laughs> that's the that's what I like. That's what I like about you. You've got a you got a can-do spirit. 
Well, there doesn't. Lord knows if it's going to help us, but not much, many options here, are there? I, I think we'll have to do this. I think so. All right. Well, maybe we can lie low and, and not be noticed by them. But I'll I'll think of a character I can put in place to deal with them. Should I have to speak with them? Sounds sounds like a good plan. Damn shame about Janae, though. Um. Yeah, oh, well, what do I do with this report that I was supposed to hand to her, then? I suppose I can take it. Um, I'll fill in for the moment, and we'll get it routed back. We'll get it back, routed back around, and, and, and shipped off, shipped off to who knows where. I don't, whatever, whatever notes Janae was taking on the operation, it had to get torched, so we'll wing it. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right, it's, it's important that this report gets dealt with in in the right way. It, it has a personal touch to it for me. We'll make it happen. Thank you. Thank you, Captain. But don't get soft out there. Well, no, we can't afford to do that. No. We've we've all we've all we've all got personal ties to this operation. We've got to stick to it. Yes, well that that's why I'm here in the first place. Uh, and and salute to our fallen comrade. Yes, indeed. All right. Get back out there. They're going to start looking for you soon. Yes, sir. And that's scene. So, uh, now we segue into scene three, interlude. Uh, there are moments of calm between the storms of activities. Um, this is an opportunity to remember what it was like living with the people in our section, the local people nearby, about the small acts of resistance or betrayal or affection that ordinary people are doing around us as we complete our operations. For example, Christine Granville was friends with a nursing nun who was using a cave along with three doctors and eight other nuns to treat the badly wounded in secret. Sadly, something gave them away and their cave was discovered by the Nazis. The patients, priest, and doctor were shot. The nuns were sent to uh, the camps. So, um, why don't you take, uh, would you like to take the next scene or shall I? Sure, we can go back and forth if you'd like. All right, that sounds great. My card is a heart. Oh, good. Love. All right. As I go through the town that we're stationed near, uh, since I have such a musical background, music's always been part of my life, I, I tend to hum a little tune now and then, and sometimes I, I attract some attention, and sometimes it's, it's in a good way. Some of the, the children of the area start following me along and kind of skipping to... To the songs that I'm singing, there's there's so little other joy in in their lives. So I've struck up a friendship with with a number of them, which is really kind of nice, and it's actually turned out to be quite useful too. They're, they're, they have a lot more information than people think they do. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm enjoying my time with the children of this town. Wonderful. Excuse me. Mm hmm. And I think that's scene. Yes, indeed. Um, my card is a clubs, which is a misfortune. Uh, I think the misfortune here is, you know, I am, uh, my operation of misrouting letters, you know, making, uh, faulty, like, equipment requests goes smoothly for a while, but, uh, it is, there's a wrench thrown in it when a, uh, platoon of, like, or a, like, a German, like, infantry force, like, comes through and suddenly, you know, there's just so much going on like there's so much noise and there's so many people and stuff that like even the the things that i'm doing are cause are 
caught off guard, like mm-hmm. are are thrown off. And I think that it becomes a case where even if I am consciously like misrouting things, the the operation around me, like the 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 mail operation, the uh, equipment requests grow so complicated and there becomes such a chain of command that uh, it, it stops being something that just handing a letter to the wrong person will, will no longer kind of buck gums up their ranks. And so, like, the operation that, like, I've been deployed to do has sort of was successful for a time, but now has sort of fallen through and started to fail. Because now there's, it's just easier. There's more people, which means more people are looking over things and going, oh, I got this by mistake. Let me reroute this to the correct source. Sure. So, so you would have to come up with completely new processes that still might not work. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's, it's had to, you know, it's sort of, and it's putting me in a tough position because like I am very much sort of a a a front-facing person in this mail room so i'm getting more responsibility handed to me Um, and i i'm consciously trying to muck it up as best i can but it's not going well with that many people it seems that it might also be easier for people to trace that responsibility for things being mucked up back to you Mm -hmm. so i i think Mm -hmm. uh more desperate measures will have to be taken if we want to fully you know disable this sort of logistics point that that sounds rational yes which brings us to our next scene capture something goes wrong you are captured this is the chapter where it happens you know uh they may zero in on your position there may have been a simple mistake that you gave away when crossing the road maybe your papers were wrong you know maybe maybe uh back home you know there were a lot of mistakes made and maybe they just sent you the wrong information and that got you caught. But this is sort of where it happens. Uh, a real life example. Diamonds. Uh, Violet uh, Sabo, though wounded, fought off German soldiers with a, uh, with a stun gun to give her fellow agents time to escape and warn the resistance of the unexpected German Panzer Division, which they had stumbled on and was captured in the process. So uh, you went uh, first last round, so mm-hmm. I will go first. I drew death. Ooh. Good, because I had a very clear idea of what I wanted <laughs> this, uh, this scene to be. All right. Desperate measures. Desperate measures being we have to start active, essentially guerrilla warfare, right? Active sabotage. Like, it, it is no longer enough to just sort of cause administrative chaos. Now it's got to be, you know... Sticky grenades on the bottom of cars and act like this is the it's the only way we know we have a limited amount of time, so we have to do it this way. And I I think um, Adele being the sort of front facing person kind of has to make the difficult decision of being, you know, has to make the difficult call of being the person that stays put while everyone kind of gets out of gets out of dodge so to speak Mm. she's got to be there to make sure that like the things that go wrong the things that have to go wrong go wrong so that means that they're definitely going to like there's no way that she's going to get out of this and i think she consciously basically you know pulls everyone aside and and it's just like I can, I'll, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be routing the logistics because if I'm not there, then they're going to 
come after everyone that I've associated with. That's a gutsy move. It's what has to happen. Yes, yes it does. So, it buys everyone time to get out. Alright. And there's no way that I probably, I don't think there's any way that I'm not gonna say it. It's it, it, we'll fig. I'll figure something out. I'll I'll sneak sneak out while bombs are going off. It'll be fine. But we'll see each other again. We'll see each other again. And, but important thing is that you and everyone else in this circuit makes it out safe. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This is the job. This is what we signed up for. And. Honestly, I don't think I would have asked it to go another way. I mean, probably not being captured by the Nazis, but... All things considered. Yes, it is one of the dangers of the job, but... We remember why we're here and why we're doing this. Yes. And I think, like, uh, Adele kind of grabs a, like... Um like a little canteen of, of water or whiskey and just sort of uh, toast you with it. Here's to the mission. And I'll take it from her and drink, drink as well. To the mission. And so that's exactly what happens. Um, you know, sabotage happens, bombs go off, and Adele is very quickly identified, like, this is what kind of gives Adele away as not being on the official kind of uh, register lists, and, you know, fingers get pointed, but she's able to sort of navigate that at least for the most part. Though I suppose uh, we're gonna, we will find out, well, let's, let's, let's have you draw, and then we'll find out if you were captured in this operation, if you were captured later, what, what happens, what happens to you? All right, my next card is a diamond. All right, success. So you are captured, but success for your circuit, or success for the resistance, success for the war effort. So although you are captured, good things happen all around. Yes. So in befriending these children, uh, I had mentioned that they know much more than the adults seem to think they do. And since they liked me, I took the occasion to gather from them intelligence that we could use to sabotage key points around the town, uh, whether it be the mail or munitions or foodstuffs, whatever it was. And I, I made sure that once I learned the information from them, I went off to scout the locations my own, myself. I did not want them involved in this. And I, I was scouting a location for a rail bridge that was coming into town. Mm -hmm. And... I was able to get word of that back to, to our group so that the saboteurs in, in the group and in the resistance themselves could deal with that section of the, the train and the bridge. But in going back out to get more information along the way, I, I was captured. Mm. Um, I, I tried to play it cool. I, I was certainly, I didn't have any documents on me at the time. I wasn't. I was trying to memorize the the path there and mm -hmm. the information that I could on the bridge, but they couldn't. Uh, the guards who captured me couldn't see any reason why I should be so far from the center of town when that's the only place they had really seen me. Mm -hmm. And 
in that moment without an actual script in front of me, which is what I'm used to when I'm when I'm in the theater. I I, I failed somehow. Um, I, I was not able to convince them that I was who they had heretofore thought that I was. Mm-hmm. But the resistance had the information that it needed, and and hopefully that that bridge will be blown up soon. Even though I'm in custody currently. Hmm. So, our next scene, prison. Now we've we've cycled back to the present. We are both in prison, uh, and now we sort of see what our our prison experience is like. You know, we we kind of see we we've we've you know told our story up to this point, but we are held here as we are being interrogated. Trying, they're trying to like get through to us. Uh, I think as in real life, we don't break because in real life, none of the SOE broke yes. and sort of revealed things. But um, so we're going to kind of explain what our prison experience is like. And um, a real life example, I'm going to draw a card and draw a club. Noor Khan escaped uh, to the roof of her prison, but had the misfortune that an air raid happened at just the wrong time. All of the extra activity meant that she and her fellow escapees were spotted and recaptured. So, uh, would you like to draw your card and tell us what happens? Yes, I'm drawing my last card with some amount of trepidation here. Mm-hmm. I drew oh. clubs. Clubs, uh, misfortune. Mixed fortune. All right, so it, it has not been easy being here in this prison, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. None of the guards believe that I am anything but a spy, there is nothing I can do to convince them. Uh-huh. Otherwise, they, they continue to harass me day in uh-huh. and day out, hardly letting me sleep, not providing me much food. The, the floors that I have to sleep on are cold and dirty. Um, the, the, there is a small group of, of women who I'm here with that I I feel somewhat beholden to. We've become closer because we're all uh-huh. suffering in this area together. I tried to use some of my acting and singing to raise the morale a little bit but it's so disheartening because the Uh things that that we're all suffering are so horrendous that uh, maybe sometimes I see a hint of a smile on someone's face but none of us believes this is going to end well Uh, every now and then I'm, I'm able to use some of my characterizations to um, maybe convince one of the guards who's who's not as hardline to give us an extra piece of bread or maybe a scrap of a blanket, but that's really not much in, in this scenario. Every now and then, one of us disappears, and we we all know what that means. It it's probably where we are all headed eventually. Mm-hmm. So, um. My card is actually a diamond, and so I think what it is is as as I am imprisoned, I think you know what's the best way what's the best way to excel at a job? It's to act like you've been there for years, <laughs> and so uh I think that you know as they as they uh force us into labor and they they give us sort of menial jobs. My uh, feigned expertise, they sort of, uh, they sort of quote unquote punish me with added responsibility, but that added responsibility gives me more access to like 
you know, uh, bread and, uh, and, and water and things like that. So I'm able to like, so as you're kind of getting through it with your, with, with the women that you're in there with occasionally a little bit of extra food will go your way. And it's, and though you never actually see who's responsible for it, it is that, it is that I continue to sort of take on more, more work and sort of, you know, force myself for, to further and further kind of like fill in jobs that I, jobs as I go just to make sure that I have that little bit of extra access and can kind of kick people a little bit of extra support and sort of implicate myself further into the prison so that I can kind of help uh, ease people back, like help make things a little bit easier for people. That is most excellent. So uh, eventually uh, it comes time to put us on a train and send us to a camp. Now what we're going to do for our final conclusion is we're going to each draw a face down card. You're going to put it face down in front of you and you can choose what you want to do with this card. If you can keep it for yourself or uh, you can keep it to yourself and be sent to a, and be, and be sent to a concentration camp, or you can donate that card to another player. Um, those players that have two or more cards in their hand escape or are rescued. Uh, and those with no cards died straight away, perhaps giving their lives to arrange the escape or, you know, being caught in the escape and executed that way. So I know what my decision is immediately. As do I. All right. What's, uh, I'm, I'm giving you my card. <laughs> I figured that you might, and I am keeping mine. Good. I figure, I figure Adele seems like the kind of person that would, you know, she says she kind of, I think the closing beat of Adele's story is she says to herself, like, I promised I promised everyone in my circuit that they were going that I was going to stay behind and make sure that they got out. One of my circuit didn't. And if I have to blow up half of this prison in order to to get her out, I'm going to get out. So I think she arranges, you know, she uses she 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 arranges this uh this operation she arranges this uh this prison prison break uh you know is stays behind is executed for her for her troubles but arranges it so that you and the other women are able to like slip out under the cover of nightfall uh, another hero to celebrate later and I think that, I think that, I think that she pulls you aside, like, briefly, just before things happen. And she says, I have one request for you. Oh, of course. What can I do? When you get back. Because you're going to get back. Okay. Take the stage. And sing the greatest show of your career. Of your life. For me. Ah. <sighs> It, w it will take everything I have in me as, as an actress to do that without tears in my eyes for you. Ah, a few yes. tears wouldn't be a, a few tears <laughs> wouldn't be unwelcome. Well, maybe I'll choose a role that would be appropriate then, a very heroic role. That That'd can be do nice. I'd like that. Of course, Adele, I, I will do this for you, for my friend. And afterwards, at the wrap party. At the cast party, drink 
every bottle of wine that they bring out. <laughs> that I will do for you as well. Yes, of course. Good. In your honor. And the honor that is of all of our all comments. I ask. I need to get home safely then, don't I? That's an order. Ha. I will take that order. And yes, ma'am. Throw you a salute and I say to the mission. Salute returned to the mission. And so we part ways. And now we play out our epilogue. We end our game with an epilogue. We tell the story of, you know, who lives and who dies, who tells our story. So we each take a moment to talk about what happens next. Uh, for you, tell me what you went on to do. And for, and for me, I will talk about who remembers and who honors me. So what do you do? What's, what does after the war look like for you? After the war? You know, I, I never thought I would get to a period that would be after the war. I, I got into the SOE because I wanted to honor my husband and his homeland and put my whole self into this effort. I did not truly expect to be coming home. And yet, here I am. Back, back in England. So yes, the war ended. We began rebuilding. But part of rebuilding is rebuilding the morale of the people. And I found that my acting, my singing, could help greatly with that. I turned from doing simply operatic things and chamber concerts to doing things that were more meaningful. Things about country and homeland and pride and love and the first major show that I had, I went into with, with Adele firmly in my mind. And yes, I, I did indeed have tears in my eyes to be part of it, but I also had a fierce smile on my face mm. because that's what she, <laughs> that's what she, I was going to say that's what she would have wanted, but no, that's what she ordered from me. Mm -hmm. She ordered me to that. succeed here. And when I finished, um, I, I could see tears in the eyes of much of the audience, and they leapt to their feet in applause. And while it was I on stage bowing and curtsying and accepting their flowers and their adoration, really, I was doing all of that for Adele and for all of my comrades. And we will bring our country and all of Europe back to its sense of self and pride and la liberté. Hmm. And I think Adele is remembered. I don't think, by, I think Adele is remembered by her office. I think that, that they find out that she didn't come back. They find out that she was deployed and not just on vacation hmm. holiday. And I think that, you know, for as gruff as this tiny little, like, textile plant is, this tiny little, like, shirt factory, I think that they, they have a very quiet and, like, calm celebration, right? Like, they have a little cake, mm -hmm. and they have flowers and cards. And I think that they take off her birthday every year. Um. I think that they, because I think that they, you know... She was nothing if not good at her job. And I think that shined through as a spy, but uh, 
it also shined through as a person. And I think that it, they recognized that she was someone that they were never fully able to replace in their office. And that also that she gave so much, gave more than any of them for country and for the cause. And so I think that her office always misses her and always honors her. And eventually maybe it's even forgotten why they take off April 19th. Maybe it's just a day that you take off. It just becomes, you know, a, a, an office holiday. But event, but the people that were there at that moment will all know that it was because Adele was the best receptionist, was the best male room attendant we ever had. And now she's gone because she gave her life so that other people could live. And we will not forget that. Seems to me they might also have, in a little spot of, of grass near the factory, have, have planted a tree and maybe put up a small memorial. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't really make Adele employee of the week or of the month, but maybe it just says simply, to Adele, our, our best employee ever. I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that's the note. I think we close on that visual and I think that's game. Ah, great. What a wonderful game. I love this was great. This was this was fantastic. It was ah, it was so moving to be doing this. It was so simple. And yet, I mean, as a storytelling game, it really wasn't very challenging to get into mm-hmm. and it seemed to feed into itself as we went along. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, for that. sure. I, yeah, and, and I love the way that it, it, I like the combination of like, you know, you kind you know, you know, the beats that are coming, but there's that little bit of variation of like, finding out the, the, the sort of little stops along the way that I think made it, you know, gave it that little bit of like, depth and texture that I think was really, really, it added to the beauty of it. It, it did. And playing it with just two people made it feel very close and intimate, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that really kind of enhanced the experience for me is playing it with just the two people and sharing that, that, that experience and sharing these stories in this kind of intimate setting, I think, made it really special. Uh, I, I would definitely agree with that. This is, this is a great time, Jeff. Oh, thank you for coming on the show and playing it with me. This was, a, this was fantastic. I, I greatly enjoyed myself. It was a great use of my time, and I hope that your listeners enjoy hearing it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Real quick, though, before we wrap up, um, is there anywhere that people can find you, your work online that you'd like to share with them? Oh, so not. Well, okay. so I have a Facebook page. People can look there. Sometimes I post things about works in progress. It's under Gold Dragon Games. So that's who I am online. And you can find me on Twitter at the same thing. Or they can look up BFG Con dot com and find out what's going on with the big Frederick gaming convention and maybe i'll see some folks there next year i that sounds great well thank you so much for coming on the show this was a delight and now i'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show <laughs> all right T- take a future me thanks past me and thanks again to kiva for coming on to the show that game was lovely On May 7th, be sure to back A Cool and Lonely Courage on Kickstarter. Make it happen. It is a game that is very close to my heart, and I think that you'll really enjoy it. So go on May 7th, Kickstarter, Cool and Lonely Courage, back it, make it happen, make it a reality. 
And in the meantime, follow the game's creator, Alex White, at nAlexWhite on Twitter. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Discord. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout out, or word of mouth recommendation to a friend. All of those things help us grow and do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. Uh, support the podcasting, game design, community support work, all the cool things I do. The Patreon is the thing that helps me make those things happen. If you can, if you enjoyed this show, consider checking out All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network, powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, and using some of our favorite tabletop role-playing games, we spin that prompt into an original fantasy character, populating a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates or about promoting a game on the show, you can reach out to me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.